0: chapter 1 of jungle tales of tarzan this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by ralph snellson jungle tales of tarzan by edgar rice burroughs chapter 1 tarzan's first love Tika stretched at luxurious ease in the shade of the tropical forest, presented unquestionably a most alluring picture of young feminine loveliness, or at least so thought Tarzan of the apes, who squatted upon a low-swinging branch in a nearby tree and looked down upon her just to have seen him there lolling upon the swaying bough of the jungle forest giant his brown skin mottled by the brilliant equatorial sunlight which percolated through the leafy canopy of green above him his clean-limbed body relaxed in graceful ease his shapely head partly turned in contemplative absorption and his intelligent gray eyes dreamily devouring the object of their devotion you would have thought him the reincarnation of some demigod of old you would not have guessed that in infancy he had suckled at the breast of a hideous hairy she-ape nor that in all his conscious past since his parents had passed away in the little cabin by the land-locked harbor at the jungle's verge he had known no other associates than the sullen bulls and the snarling cows of the tribe of kerchak the great ape nor could you have read the thoughts which passed through that active healthy brain the longings and desires and aspirations which the sight of teeka inspired would you have been any more inclined to give credence to the reality of the origin of the ape-man for from his thoughts alone you could never have gleaned the truth that he had been born to a gentle english lady or that his sire had been an english nobleman of time-honored lineage lost to tarzan of the apes was the truth of his origin that he was John Clayton, Lord Greystoke, with a seat in the House of Lords he did not know, nor knowing would have understood. Yes, Tika was indeed beautiful. Of course Kayla had been beautiful. One's mother is always that, but Tika was beautiful in a way all her own, an indescribable sort of way which Tarzan was just beginning to sense in a rather vague and hazy manner. For years had Tarzan and Teeka been playfellows, and Teeka still continued to be playful while the young bulls of her own age were rapidly becoming surly and morose. Tarzan, if he gave the matter much thought at all, probably reasoned that his growing attachment for the young female could be easily accounted for by the fact that of the former playmates she and he alone retained any desire to frolic as of old but today, as he sat gazing upon her he found himself noting the beauties of teeka's form and features something he never had done before since none of them had aught to do with teeka's ability to race nimbly through the lower terraces of the forest in the primitive games of tag and -and hide-and-go-seek which tarzan's fertile brain evolved tarzan scratched his head running his fingers deep into the shock of black hair which framed his shapely boyish face he scratched his head and sighed. Tika's newfound beauty became as suddenly his despair. He envied her the handsome coat of hair which covered her body, his own smooth brown hide he hated with a hatred born of disgust and contempt. Years back he had harbored a hope that some day he too would be clothed in hair, as were all his brothers and sisters, but of late he had been forced to abandon the delectable dream. Then there were Tika's great teeth, not so large as the males, of course, but still mighty handsome things by comparison with Tarzan's feeble white ones, and her beetling brows and broad, flat nose, and her mouth. Tarzan had often practiced making his mouth into a little round circle and then puffing out his cheeks while he winked his eyes rapidly, but he felt that he could never do it in the same cute and irresistible way in which Tika did it, and as he watched her that afternoon and wondered a young bull ape who had been lazily foraging for food beneath the damp matted carpet of decaying vegetation at the roots of a nearby tree lumbered awkwardly in teeka's direction the other apes of the tribe of kerchak moved listlessly about or lolled restfully in the midday heat of the equatorial jungle from time to time one or another of them had passed close to teeka and tarzan had been uninterested why was it then that his brows contracted and his muscles tensed as he saw Tog pause beside the young she and then squat down close to her tarzan always had liked Tog. Since childhood they had romped together. Side by side they had squatted near the water, their quick, strong fingers ready to leap forth and seize Pisa, the fish, should that wary denizen of the cool depths dart surfaceward to the lure of the insects Tarzan tossed upon the face of the pool. Together they had baited Tublat and teased Numa, the lion. Why, then, should Tarzan feel the rise of the short hairs at the nape of his neck merely because Tog sat close to Tika? it is true that tog was no longer the frolicsome ape of yesterday when his snarling muscles bared his giant fangs no one could longer imagine that tog was in as playful a mood as when he and tarzan had rolled upon the turf in mimic battle the tog of today was a huge sullen bull-ape somber and forbidding yet he and tarzan never had quarreled for a few minutes the young ape-man watched tog press closer to Tika he saw the rough caress of the huge paw as it stroked the sleek shoulder of the she and then tarzan of the apes slipped cat-like to the ground and approached the two as he came his upper lip curled into a snarl exposing his fighting fangs and a deep growl rumbled from his cavernous chest tog looked up batting his bloodshot eyes teeka half raised herself and looked at tarzan did she guess the cause of his perturbation who may say at any rate she was feminine and so she reached up and scratched taug behind one of his small flat ears tarzan saw and in the instant that he saw teeka was no longer the little playmate of an hour ago instead she was a wondrous thing the most wondrous in the world and a possession for which tarzan would fight to the death against taug or any other who dared question his right of proprietorship Stooped his muscles rigid and one great shoulder turned toward the young bull, Tarzan of the Apes sidled nearer and nearer. His face was partly averted, but his keen gray eyes never left those of Tog, and as he came his growls increased in depth and volume. Tog rose upon his short legs bristling, his fighting fangs were bared. He too sidled stiff legged and growled teeka is tarzans said the ape-man in the low gutturals of the great anthropoids teeka is togs replied the bull-ape thaka and numgo and gunto disturbed by the growlings of the two young bulls looked up half apathetic half interested they were sleepy but they sensed a fight it would break the monotony of the humdrum jungle life they led coiled about his shoulders was tarzan's long grass rope in his hand was the hunting knife of the long dead father he had never known in tog's little brain lay a great respect for the shiny bit of sharp metal which the ape boy knew so well how to use with it had he slain tublat his fierce foster-father and bolgani the gorilla tog knew these things and so he came warily circling about tarzan in search of an opening The latter, made cautious because of his lesser bulk and the inferiority of his natural armament, followed similar tactics. For a time it seemed that the altercation would follow the way of the majority of such differences between members of the tribe, and that one of them would finally lose interest and wander off to prosecute some other line of endeavor. Such might have been the end of it had the Catesus belli been other than it was. But Tika was flattered at the attention that was being drawn to her, and by the fact that these two young bulls were contemplating battle on her account. Such a thing never before had occurred in Tika's brief life. She had seen other bulls battling for other and older shes, and in the depth of her wild little heart she had longed for the day when the jungle grasses would be reddened with the blood of mortal combat for her fair sake so now she squatted upon her haunches and insulted both her admirers impartially she hurled taunts at them for their cowardice and called them vile names such as hista the snake and dango the hyena she threatened to call mumga to chastise them with a stick mumga who was so old that she could no longer climb and so toothless that she was forced to confine her diet almost exclusively to bananas and grubworms. the apes who were watching heard and laughed tog was infuriated he made a sudden lunge for tarzan but the ape boy leaped nimbly to one side eluding him and with the quickness of a cat wheeled and leaped back again to close quarters his hunting knife was raised above his head as he came in and he aimed a vicious blow at tog's neck the ape wheeled to dodge the weapon so that the keen blade struck him but a glancing blow upon the shoulder the spurt of red blood brought a shrill cry of delight from teeka ah but this was something worth while she glanced about to see if others had witnessed this evidence of her popularity helen of troy was never one whit more proud than was teeka at that moment if teeka had not been so absorbed in her own vaingloriousness she might have noticed the rustling of leaves in the tree above her a rustling which was not caused by any movement of the wind since there was no wind and had she looked up she might have seen a sleek body crouching almost directly over her and wicked yellow eyes glaring hungrily down upon her. But Tika did not look up. With his wound, Tog had backed off growling horribly. Tarzan had followed him, screaming insults at him and menacing him with his brandishing blade. Tika moved from beneath the tree in an effort to keep close to the duelists. The branch above Tika bent and swayed a trifle with the movement of the body of the watcher stretched along it, Tog had halted now and was preparing to make a new stand. His lips were flecked with foam, and saliva drooled from his jowls. He stood with head lowered and arms outstretched, preparing for a sudden charge to close quarters. Could he but lay his mighty hands upon that soft brown skin, the battle would be his. Tog considered Tarzan's manner of fighting unfair. He would not close. Instead he leaped nimbly just beyond the reach of Tog's muscular fingers the ape-boy had as yet never come to a real trial of strength with a bull-ape other than in play and so he was not at all sure that it would be safe to put his muscles to the test in a life-and-death struggle not that he was afraid for tarzan knew nothing of fear the instinct of self-preservation gave him caution that was all he took risks only when it seemed necessary and then he would hesitate at nothing his own method of fighting seemed best fitted to his build and to his armament his teeth while strong and sharp were as weapons of offense pitifully inadequate by comparison with the mighty fighting fangs of the anthropoids by dancing about just out of reach of an antagonist tarzan could do infinite injury with his long sharp hunting knife and at the same time escape many of the painful and dangerous wounds which would be sure to follow his falling into the clutches of a bull ape and so taug charged and bellowed like a bull and Tarzan of the Apes danced lightly to this side and that, hurling jungle Billingsgate at his foe. The while he nicked him now and again with his knife. There were lulls in the fighting when the two would stand panting for breath, facing each other, mustering their wits and their forces for a new onslaught. It was during a pause such as this that Tog chanced to let his eyes rove beyond his foeman. Instantly the entire aspect of the ape altered, rage left his countenance to be supplanted by an expression of fear with a cry that every ape there recognized taug turned and fled no need to question him his warning proclaimed the near presence of their ancient enemy tarzan started to seek safety as did the other members of the tribe and as he did so he heard a panther's scream mingled with the fright and cry of a she-ape taug heard too but he did not pause in his flight With the boy-ape, however, it was different. He looked back to see if any member of the tribe was close-pressed by the beast of prey, and the sight that met his eyes filled them with an expression of horror. Tika it was who cried out in terror as she fled across a little clearing toward the trees upon the opposite side, for after her leaped Sheeta the panther in easy, graceful bounds. Sheeta appeared to be in no hurry, his meat was assured since even though the ape reached the trees ahead of him she could not climb beyond his clutches before he could be upon her tarzan saw that teeka must die he cried to taug and the other bulls to hasten to teeka's assistance and at the same time he ran toward the pursuing beast taking down his rope as he came Tarzan knew that once the great bulls were aroused none of the jungle, not even Numa the lion, was anxious to measure fangs with them, and that if all those of the tribe who chanced to be present today would charge, Sheeta the great cat would doubtless turn tail and run for his life. Tog heard, as did the others, but no one came to Tarzan's assistance or Teeka's rescue, and Sheeta was rapidly closing up the distance between himself and his prey. The ape-boy, leaping after the panther, cried aloud to the beast in an effort to turn it from Tikka or otherwise distract its attention until the she-ape could gain the safety of the higher branches where Sheeta dared not go. He called the panther every opprobrious name that fell to his tongue. He dared him to stop and do battle with him, but Sheeta only loped on after the luscious tidbit now almost within his reach. Tarzan was not far behind, and he was gaining but the distance was so short that he scarce hoped to overhaul the carnivore before it had felled Tika. In his right hand the boy swung his grass rope above his head as he ran. He hated to chance a miss, for the distance was much greater than he ever had cast before except in practice. It was the full length of his grass rope which separated him from Sheeta, and yet there was no other thing to do. He could not reach the brute's side before it overhauled Tika. He must chance a throw." and just as teeka sprang for the lower limb of a great tree and sheeta rose behind her in a long sinuous leap the coils of the ape-boy's grass rope shot swiftly through the air straightening into a long thin line as the open noose hovered for an instant above the savage head and the snarling jaws then it settled clean and true about the tawny neck it settled and tarzan with a quick twist of his rope hand drew the noose taut bracing himself for the shock when sheeta should have taken up the slack just short of Tika's glossy rump the cruel talons raked the air as the rope tightened and sheeta was brought to a sudden stop a stop that snapped the big beast over upon his back instantly sheeta was up with glaring eyes and lashing tail and gaping jaws from which issued hideous cries of rage and disappointment he saw the ape boy the cause of his discomfiture scarce forty feet before him and sheeta charged teeka was safe now tarzan saw to that by a quick glance into the tree whose safety she had gained not an instant too soon and sheeta was charging It was useless to risk his life in idle and unequal combat from which no good could come, but could he escape a battle with the enraged cat, and if he was forced to fight, what chance had he to survive? Tarzan was constrained to admit that his position was aught but a desirable one. The trees were too far to hope to reach in time to elude the cat. Tarzan could but stand facing that hideous charge. In his right hand he grasped his hunting knife, a puny futile thing indeed by comparison with the great rows of mighty teeth which lined sheeta's powerful jaws and the sharp talons encased within his padded paws yet the young lord greystoke faced it with the same courageous resignation with which some fearless ancestor went down to defeat and death on Sinlac hill by hastings from safety points in the trees the great apes watched, screaming hatred at Sheeta and advice at Tarzan, for the progenitors of man have naturally many human traits. Tika was frightened. She screamed at the bulls to hasten to Tarzan's assistance, but the bulls were otherwise engaged, principally in giving advice and making faces. Anyway, Tarzan was not a real mangani, so why should they risk their lives in an effort to protect him? and now Sheeta was almost upon the lithe, naked body, and the body was not there. Quick as was the great cat, the ape-boy was quicker. He leaped to one side almost as the panther's talons were closing upon him, and as Sheeta went hurtling to the ground beyond, Tarzan was racing for the safety of the nearest tree. The panther recovered himself almost immediately, and wheeling, tore after his prey, the ape-boy's rope dragging along the ground behind him. In doubling back after Tarzan, Sheeta had passed around a low bush. It was a mere nothing in the path of any jungle creature of the size and weight of Sheeta, provided it had no trailing rope dangling behind. But Sheeta was handicapped by such a rope, and as he leaped once again after Tarzan of the apes, the rope encircled the small bush, became tangled in it, and brought the panther to a sudden stop. An instant later Tarzan was safe among the higher branches of a small tree into which Sheeta could not follow him. Here he perched, hurling twigs and epithets at the raging feline beneath him. The other members of the tribe now took up the bombardment, using such hard-shelled fruits and dead branches as came within their reach, until Sheeta, goaded to frenzy and snapping at the grass rope, finally succeeded in severing its strands. For a moment the panther stood glaring first at one of his tormentors and then at another, until with a final scream of rage he turned and slunk off into the tangled mazes of the jungle. A half hour later the tribe was again upon the ground, feeding as though naught had occurred to interrupt the somber dullness of their lives. Tarzan had recovered the greater part of his rope and was busy fashioning a new noose while Tika squatted close behind him, in evident token that her choice was made. Tog eyed them sullenly. Once, when he came close, Tika bared her fangs and growled at him, and Tarzan showed his canines in an ugly snarl. But Tog did not provoke a quarrel he seemed to accept after the manner of his kind the decision of the she as an indication that he had been vanquished in his battle for her favors later in the day his rope repaired tarzan took to the trees in search of game more than his fellows he required meat and so while they were satisfied with fruits and herbs and beetles which could be discovered without much effort upon their part tarzan spent considerable time hunting the game animals whose flesh alone satisfied the cravings of his stomach and furnished sustenance and strength to the mighty thews which day by day were building beneath the soft smooth texture of his brown hide Tog saw him depart and then quite casually the big beast hunted closer and closer to teeka in his search for food at last he was within a few feet of her and when he shot a covert glance at her he saw that she was appraising him and that there was no evidence of anger upon her face taug expanded his great chest and rolled about on his short legs making strange growlings in his throat he raised his lips baring his fangs My, but what great, beautiful fangs he had! Tika could not but notice them. She also let her eyes rest in admiration upon Tog's beetling brows and his short, powerful neck. What a beautiful creature he was indeed! Tog, flattered by the unconcealed admiration in her eyes, strutted about, as proud and as vain as a peacock. Presently he began to inventory his assets mentally, and shortly he found himself comparing them with those of his rival. Tog grunted, for there was no comparison. How could one compare his beautiful coat with the smooth and naked hideousness of Tarzan's bare hide? Who could see beauty in the stingy nose of the Tarmangani after looking at Tog's broad nostrils? And Tarzan's eyes, hideous things! showing white about them and entirely unrimmed with red. Tog knew that his own bloodshot eyes were beautiful, for he had seen them reflected in the glassy surface of many a drinking pool. The bull drew nearer to Tika, finally squatting close against her. When Tarzan returned from his hunting a short time later, it was to see Tika contentedly scratching the back of his rival. Tarzan was disgusted neither Tog nor teeka saw him as he swung through the trees into the glade he paused a moment looking at them then with a sorrowful grimace he turned and faded away into the labyrinth of leafy boughs and festooned moss out of which he had come tarzan wished to be as far away from the cause of his heartache as he could he was suffering the first pangs of blighted love and he didn't quite know what was the matter with him He thought that he was angry with Tog, and so he couldn't understand why it was that he had run away instead of rushing into mortal combat with the destroyer of his happiness. He also thought that he was angry with Tika, yet a vision of her many beauties persisted in haunting him, so that he could only see her in the light of love as the most desirable thing in the world. The ape-boy craved affection. From babyhood until the time of her death, when the poisoned arrow of Kulonga had pierced her savage heart, Kayla had represented to the English boy the sole object of love which he had known. In her wild, fierce way Kayla had loved her adopted son, and Tarzan had returned that love, though the outward demonstrations of it were no greater than might have been expected from any other beast of the jungle. It was not until he was bereft of her that the boy realized how deep had been his attachment for his mother, for as such he looked upon her in tika he had seen within the past few hours a substitute for kayla someone to fight for and to hunt for someone to caress but now his dream was shattered something hurt within his breast he placed his hand over his heart and wondered what had happened to him vaguely he attributed his pain to tika the more he thought of tika as he had last seen her caressing Tog, the more the thing within his breast hurt him tarzan shook his head and growled then on and on through the jungle he swung and the farther he traveled and the more he thought upon his wrongs the nearer he approached becoming an irreclaimable misogynist two days later he was still hunting alone very morose and very unhappy but he was determined never to return to the tribe He could not bear the thought of seeing Tog and Tika always together. As he swung upon a great limb, Numa the lion and Saber the lioness passed beneath him side by side, and Saber leaned against the lion and bit playfully at his cheek. It was a half caress. Tarzan sighed and hurled a nut at them. Later he came upon several of Mabonga's black warriors. He was upon the point of dropping his noose about the neck of one of them, who was a little distance from his companions, when he became interested in the thing which occupied the savages. They were building a cage in the trail and covering it with leafy branches. When they had completed their work the structure was scarcely visible. Tarzan wondered what the purpose of the thing might be, and why, when they had built it, they turned away and started back along the trail in the direction of their village it had been some time since tarzan had visited the blacks and looked down from the shelter of the great trees which overhung their palisade upon the activities of his enemies from among whom had come the slayer of Kala. although he hated them tarzan derived considerable entertainment in watching them at their daily life within the village and especially at their dances when the fires glared against their naked bodies as they leaped and turned and twisted in mimic warfare It was rather in the hope of witnessing something of the kind that he now followed the warriors back toward their village, but in this he was disappointed, for there was no dance that night. Instead, from the safe concealment of his tree, Tarzan saw little groups seated about tiny fires discussing the events of the day, and in the darker corners of the village he descried isolated couples talking and laughing together, and always one of each couple was a young man and the other a young woman. Tarzan cocked his head upon one side and thought, and before he went to sleep that night, curled in the crotch of the great tree above the village, Tika filled his mind, and afterwards she filled his dreams, she and the young black men laughing and talking with the young black women. Tog hunting alone had wandered some distance from the balance of the tribe. He was making his way slowly along an elephant path when he discovered that it was blocked with undergrowth, now Tog, come into maturity was an evil-natured brute of an exceeding short temper when something thwarted him his sole idea was to overcome it by brute strength and ferocity and so now when he found his way blocked he tore angrily into the leafy screen and an instant later found himself within a strange lair his progress effectually blocked notwithstanding his most violent efforts to forge ahead Biting and striking at the barrier, Tog finally worked himself into a frightful rage, but all to no avail, and at last he became convinced that he must turn back. But when he would have done so, what was his chagrin to discover that another barrier had dropped behind him while he fought to break down the one before him? Tog was trapped. Until exhaustion overcame him he fought frantically for his freedom, but all for naught. In the morning a party of blacks set out from the village of Mabonga in the direction of the trap they had constructed the previous day, while among the branches of the trees above them hovered a naked young giant, filled with the curiosity of the wild things. Manu the monkey chattered and scolded as Tarzan passed, and though he was not afraid of the familiar figure of the ape-boy, he hugged closer to him the little brown body of his life's companion. Tarzan laughed as he saw it but the laugh was followed by a sudden clouding of his face and a deep sigh. A little farther on a gaily feathered bird strutted about before the admiring eyes of his somber-hued mate. It seemed to Tarzan that everything in the jungle was combining to remind him that he had lost Teeka, yet every day of his life he had seen these same things and thought nothing of them. When the blacks reached the trap, Tog set up a great commotion. Seizing the bars of his prison, he shook them frantically, and all the while he roared and growled terrifically. The blacks were elated, for while they had not built their trap for this hairy tree man, they were delighted with their catch. Tarzan pricked up his ears when he heard the voice of a great ape, and circling quickly until he was downwind from the trap, he sniffed at the air in search of the scent-spoor of the prisoner nor was it long before there came to those delicate nostrils the familiar odor that told Tarzan the identity of the captive as unerringly as though he had looked upon Tog with his eyes. Yes, it was Tog, and he was alone. Tarzan grinned as he approached to discover what the blacks would do to their prisoner. Doubtless they would slay him at once. Again Tarzan grinned. Now he could have Tika for his own, with none to dispute his right to her. As he watched he saw the black warriors strip the screen from about the cage, fasten ropes to it, and drag it away along the trail in the direction of their village. Tarzan watched until his rival passed out of sight, still beating upon the bars of his prison and growling out his anger and his threats. Then the ape boy turned and swung rapidly off in search of the tribe and Tika. Once upon the journey he surprised Sheeta and his family in a little overgrown clearing, The great cat lay stretched upon the ground, while his mate, one paw across her lord's savage face, licked at the soft white fur at his throat. Tarzan increased his speed then until he fairly flew through the forest, nor was it long before he came upon the tribe. He saw them before they saw him, for of all the jungle creatures none passed more quietly than Tarzan of the apes. He saw Kama and her mate feeding side by side, their hairy bodies rubbing against each other, and he saw teeka feeding by herself not for long would she feed thus in loneliness thought tarzan as with a bound he landed amongst them there was a startled rush and a chorus of angry and frightened snarls for tarzan had surprised them but there was more too than mere nervous shock to account for the bristling neck hair which remained standing long after the apes had discovered the identity of the newcomer Tarzan noticed this, as he had noticed it many times in the past, that always his sudden coming among them left them nervous and unstrung for a considerable time, and that they one and all found it necessary to satisfy themselves that he was indeed Tarzan by smelling about him a half-dozen or more times before they calmed down. Pushing through them, he made his way toward Tika, but as he approached her the ape drew away. Tika, he said, "'it is Tarzan. You belong to Tarzan.' I have come for you. The ape drew closer, looking him over carefully. Finally she sniffed at him as though to make assurance doubly sure. Where is Tog? she asked. The Gomangani have him, replied Tarzan. They will kill him. In the eyes of the she, Tarzan saw a wistful expression and a troubled look of sorrow as he told her of Tog's fate, but she came quite close and snuggled against him, and Tarzan, Lord Greystoke, put his arm about her. As he did so, he noticed with a start the strange incongruity of that smooth brown arm against the black and hairy coat of his lady-love. He recalled the paw of Sheeta's mate across Sheeta's face. no incongruity there. He thought of little Manu hugging his she and how the one seemed to belong to the other. Even the proud male bird with his gay plumage wore a close resemblance to his quieter spouse while Numa, but for his shaggy mane, was almost a counterpart of Sabor, the lioness. The males and the females differed, it was true, but not with such differences as existed between Tarzan and Tika. Tarzan was puzzled. There was something wrong. His arm dropped from the shoulder of Tika. Very slowly he drew away from her. She looked at him with her head cocked upon one side, Tarzan rose to his full height and beat upon his breast with his fists. He raised his head toward the heavens and opened his mouth. From the depths of his lungs rose the fierce weird challenge of the victorious bull-ape. The tribe turned curiously to eye him. He had killed nothing, nor was there any antagonist to be goaded to madness by the savage scream. No, there was no excuse for it, and they turned back to their feeding, but with an eye upon the ape-man, lest he be preparing to suddenly run amuck. As they watched him they saw him swing into a nearby tree and disappear from sight, then they forgot him, even Tika. Mabonga's black warriors, sweating beneath their strenuous task, and resting often, made slow progress toward their village. Always the savage beast in the primitive cage growled and roared when they moved him, He beat upon the bars and slavered at the mouth. His noise was hideous. They had almost completed their journey and were making their final rest before foraging ahead to gain the clearing in which lay their village. A few more minutes would have taken them out of the forest, and then doubtless the thing would not have happened which did happen. A silent figure moved through the trees above them. Keen eyes inspected the cage and counted the number of warriors. An alert and daring brain figured upon the chances of success when a certain plan should be put to the test. Tarzan watched the blacks lolling in the shade. They were exhausted. Already several of them slept. He crept closer, pausing just above them. Not a leaf rustled before his stealthy advance. He waited in the infinite patience of the beast of prey. Presently but two of the warriors remained awake, and one of these was dozing, Tarzan of the apes gathered himself, and as he did so the black who did not sleep arose and passed around to the rear of the cage. The ape-boy followed just above his head. Tog was eyeing the warrior and emitting low growls. Tarzan feared that the anthropoid would awaken the sleepers. In a whisper which was inaudible to the ears of the negro, Tarzan whispered Tog's name, cautioning the ape to silence, and Tog's growling ceased the black approached the rear of the cage and examined the fastenings of the door and as he stood there the beast above him launched itself from the tree full upon his back steel fingers circled his throat choking the cry which sprang to the lips of the terrified man strong teeth fastened themselves in his shoulder and powerful legs wound themselves about his torso The black, in a frenzy of terror, tried to dislodge the silent thing which clung to him. He threw himself to the ground and rolled about, but still those mighty fingers closed more and more tightly their deadly grip. The man's mouth gaped wide, his swollen tongue protruded, his eyes started from their sockets, but the relentless fingers only increased their pressure. Tog was a silent witness of the struggle. In his fierce little brain he doubtless wondered what purpose prompted Tarzan to attack the black. Tog had not forgotten his recent battle with the ape-boy, nor the cause of it. Now he saw the form of the Gomangani suddenly go limp. There was a convulsive shiver, and the man lay still. Tarzan sprang from his prey and ran to the door of the cage. With nimble fingers he worked rapidly at the thongs which held the door in place. Tog could only watch, he could not help. Presently Tarzan pushed the thing up a couple of feet, and Tog crawled out. The ape would have turned upon the sleeping blacks that he might wreak his pent vengeance, but Tarzan would not permit it. Instead the ape boy dragged the body of the black within the cage and propped it against the side bars. Then he lowered the door and made fast the thongs as they had been before. A happy smile lighted his features as he worked, for one of his principal diversions was the baiting of the blacks of M'bonga's village he could imagine their terror when they awoke and found the dead body of their comrade fast in the cage where they had left the great ape safely secured but a few minutes before tarzan and tog took to the trees together the shaggy coat of the fierce ape brushing the sleek skin of the english lordling as they passed through the primeval jungle side by side go back to teeka said tarzan she is yours tarzan does not want her Tarzan has found another she? asked Tog. The ape-boy shrugged. For the Gomangani there is another Gomangani, he said. For Numa, the lion, there is Sabor, the lioness. For Sheeta, there is a she of his own kind. For Bara, the deer. For Manu, the monkey. For all the beasts and the birds of the jungle is there a mate. Only for Tarzan of the apes is there none. Tog is an ape. Tika is an ape. Go back to Tika. Tarzan is a man, he will go alone. End of chapter 1